0: Like to keep y'all waiting. Isn't that fun? So sorry. Good morning. Welcome to Flat Springs Baptist Church. It's so good to see everyone here this morning. Uh, If you are visiting with us for the first time, we want to say a special welcome to you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, We do have visitors cards in the pulpit, or not in the pulpit, sorry. In the pews in front of you. If you'd like to take one, you can fill it out and you'll just drop it in the offering plate as it comes by. Uh, we do have several announcements to share with you this morning Um, first Flat Springs will be providing heavy snacks to Deep River School staff on Thursday which is four days from now as you are available please help support our neighborhood school um, by sorry by bringing in um, different items to help feed them. And so there's going to be approximately 100 staff that we're going to be trying to feed. Uh, Drop-off will be at the church kitchen or at Stephanie Bridges' house. Um, Items requested range from 2-liter sodas to sandwiches, biscuits, cobbler, pie, fruit. Anything that can stay warm in a crock pot would be fine. Um, Sweet, savory, and salty are all good. Our goal is to deliver on Thursday morning by 10 o'clock, loading from the church kitchen at 9.30. Um, Any little bit helps show our love to the hardworking folks who will be spending the coming school year with our elementary-age kiddos. Uh, We thank you for the generosity you've already shown through your donations of school supplies, as you can see up here, um, and school clothes, which are placed on the altar this morning. And then also... Uh, Tomorrow morning, the carpet and tile will be professionally cleaned in the fellowship hall, including the main kitchen, restrooms, and custodial closet. If you have anything personal or precious stored or stacked on the floor in any of these rooms, you may want to find a safer place for that for the next couple of days. Otherwise, anything on the floor will be shifted to kitchen counters into the basement. Um, and we thank the Baptist men for sorting out the tables and chairs this morning. We appreciate you guys doing that. Um, a donation of shawls has been made for those of you who might get a little chilly uh, in worship. And so they were they're going to be brought in next week um, and hung up back there. There's some hangers uh, for you. And so if you would like one during the worship service, you can feel free. Um, to grab one of those shawls, uh, and we just ask that you kindly hang it back up when you're done at the end of the service. Um, And then one other announcement, there is a correction in the bulletin. If you noticed under the Monday night conversations that are listed in there, um, it says that they will begin on Monday, September 12th. That's not a Monday. So they're going to begin on Monday, September the 9th. Um, And so we just wanted you to have that correction in case that was something, excuse me, that you have on your calendar uh, so that you don't come the wrong time. Uh, A few prayer concerns to share as well. Heather Hickman remains a patient at UNC, so we want to be praying for Heather. And then Bob Koval is now at Westfield for anyone that would like to visit him there. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we come to you today with hearts full of gratitude for another Sunday to be able to gather with our church family in your house. We are grateful for this space that allows us to show support to one another as we try to encourage and help each other carry our burdens. Lord, as we enter into this time of worship, I pray that we may take away whatever may be heavy in our hearts and minds and give it to you. Help us to allow ourselves to truly engage in worshiping you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
1: your hymnal turn to 295 near to the heart of God let's
2: stand as we sing
0: most gracious heavenly father thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us to come into your house and hear your word while we ask that you might bless those that are sick need your healing hand and the caregivers who need your soothing hand while we also ask that you might bless these tithes, these offerings that we might use them wisely to further your kingdom in jesus name i pray amen good morning. (laughs) How are you guys? Good? Somewhat? Maybe a little bit? Um, I brought a snack this morning. Um, Organic gummy bears. Have you ever had organic gummy bears? You have? I don't know how they're organic, but we'll see. Um, I like the yellow ones. Do you guys like the yellow ones? No? No. What's your favorite flavor? Do you think? What do you think? Orange. orange. Okay. We got an orange one in here. Maybe I'll try that one next. The yellow one's pretty good. I like that. You guys hungry? Are y'all are y'all hungry? No. Oh, someone out there is hungry. Do you guys want some gummy bears? Buck does, yeah, you want some gummy bears. Okay, so right now, what are you feeling? If I've got these gummy bears and I'm sitting here eating them, I've got a whole box of gummy bears in here, and I'm just sitting here eating my gummy bears all to myself, what are you feeling? You're feeling hungry? What else, what else do you think you might be feeling a little bit? You might be feeling a little bit jealous. You guys ever been jealous before? Yeah? I've got two brothers, so I've been jealous plenty of times. Um, they don't like to share their snacks with me. Um, but, it, but moving on, I'm going to um, share a story with you guys today that has to do with jealousy. Do you guys know what it means to be jealous? What does that mean? Do you know what that word means? If you're jealous of someone. What do you, what do you think it means, Reese? If you're jealous of someone. Okay, so the other person might have something cooler than what you've got and you might want that. Have you ever had a friend that's gotten like a new toy and they've come and they've showed it to you and they're like, "Hey, look at my new toy." And you think, "Well, I wish I had a toy like that." Have you ever You do have a new toy. I'm very jealous of your new toy. I want a toy like that. Um So I want to share this story with you guys today, and it has to do with jealousy, okay? Let's see if you've heard it before. Jacob had 12 sons, but Joseph was the favorite. Jacob gave Joseph a fancy coat with lots of colors. The other brothers were jealous of that beautiful coat. They wanted one just like it. Even though Joseph was a little brother, Jacob made him the boss of his older brothers. Do you think his brothers like that? That he was the boss even though he was the baby? No. When the brothers would do something wrong, Joseph would tell on them. That made the brothers jealous and angry. Was that good? Do you think that was good that they made him jealous and angry? That he made them that way? No. The brothers took care of their father's sheep. One day Joseph went to check on them. When the brothers saw him coming, they said, Let's get him. Then the brothers tore off Joseph's coat and they threw him into a hole in the ground. Joseph was hurt and afraid. Was that good? Was that good that that happened? No. Some traders came by with camels. One brother said, let's sell Joseph. The brothers did and the traders took Joseph to Egypt. In Egypt, Joseph was a slave and went to prison. Was that good? Do you think that was good? No. No. Lots of bad things happened to Joseph, but God was always with him. One day God gave Joseph the chance to help the king. The king was so grateful that he set Joseph free from prison and put him in charge of all of Egypt. Then Joseph's family came to live in Egypt. God helped Joseph to forgive his brothers from hurting him. They all lived happily together. Was God's plan good? Yes. Even when bad things happen. God's plans are still good. Do you trust God's plan? What do you think? Many years later, one of Jesus' friends sold him. People put Jesus on a cross to die. Jesus' friend made a bad plan, but God's plans are still good. God wanted Jesus to die for our sins so that everyone who trusts him can be saved. So in this story, in the very beginning, Joseph's brothers were jealous of him, weren't they? Why were they jealous of him? you remember what we said? What did his dad give him on the very first page? What did he give him? A coat that had many colors, and they didn't have one like that, right? And he also put him in charge of who? Who was he in charge of? Joseph. Who was Joseph in charge of? All his brothers, and they didn't like that because he was the baby. They were very jealous of him. So they did some mean things to him that they shouldn't have done. But in the end it all worked out for joseph and he was okay and he became a very important person in egypt and he was able to forgive his family because god helped him to do that okay so that's what pastor gary is going to be talking about this morning is about jealousy and how that's not a good thing for us to be jealous right Well, I don't want you guys to be jealous this morning, so I'm going to give you some gummy bears because I do have some in this box, okay? But I want us to say a prayer together first, and then you guys can have your gummy bears, okay? If Mommy and Dad say it's okay. Don't get me in trouble here, but we'll see, okay? All right, let's say a prayer together. God, we thank you so much that sometimes even though we have moments where we get jealous and we might want something else that someone has, that you can help us to overcome that jealousy, God, and you can help us to um, forgive one another when we have moments where we give into that jealousy. God, we thank you for the story of Joseph and for what it teaches us. God, we just pray that we would always trust you to help us and to trust your plan. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'll be reading from Acts chapter 7 verses 9 through 12. Jacob's sons were jealous of their brother Joseph. They sold him into slavery and he was taken to Egypt. But God was with Joseph and rescued him from all his suffering. When Joseph stood in the presence of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, God gave Joseph divine favor and wisdom so that he became ruler of Egypt and of Pharaoh's whole palace. Then a famine throughout Egypt and Canaan brought a lot of suffering. Our ancestors couldn't find any food. When Jacob heard that Egypt had food, he sent our ancestors there.
2: Good morning. morning. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we have gathered in this place. coming away from what we sometimes call the rat race, the dog-eat-dog world. We have gathered in this place to hear your voice and to understand your word and to make adjustments to our life and living. We pray now God that you would give us that internal strength that as we are now going to be given the option to make a decision about whether we will hear or not hear, whether we will apply or not apply, whether we will be changed or we shall remain the same. In your presence, Lord, we do this. Our desire is to be more like you is to be able to share your love more clearly more often more powerfully and so we pray god use us we say lord that the most important thing we do is our relationship with you and we know that's the right answer We've studied it since we were coming to children's sermons. But Lord, now it's time for us to examine, honestly, our walk with you. Is there an area today, Lord, that if we were to give it to you, that area, that habit, that attitude, that spirit, that desire that it would make us more like you. Are there some changes we could make in our home in how we talk and how we share and how we do what we do that could make our home more like you? Oh, Heavenly Father, you're here and we're here as jesus said to each of the letters each of the churches in the letter that john wrote from the isle of patmos he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says make that our prayer in jesus name amen Thank you, choir. Aren't we glad Mercy stepped in? <coughs> Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. We're going to read verses 5 through 11. We're going to be doing a two parter, so, and we've got a lot of visitors here today. That's always exciting. I know we have Tim and Stephanie Smith, and they're visiting from Mississippi. He's a pastor at enan baptist church there you'll have to come back next sunday because this is a two-parter okay i don't know how you're going to work that out but uh because today we're going to talk about the cause and the prevention of jealousy and next sunday we're going to talk about how you overcome jealousy when it touches us now you may be inclined to immediately say well I don't have a problem with jealousy. I hope preacher does a real good job for them. I hope he really preaches a sermon for them today. I love the story about the fellow that always met the pastor at the door and said, Pastor, that was a great sermon. You sure told him today. Well, it irritated the pastor. You know why it irritated him, right? Because he said, you told them today, never him. Well, one day, the Lord in his providence, created a situation where the weather was so bad and the only two that got to church were the pastor and this brother. And he said, thank you, Lord. He loaded up and he gave him both barrels. So you hear what I'm saying? Met him at the door and said, I can't wait to see what he says. He grabbed the pastor by the hand. He said, that was a great sermon, pastor. And if they'd have been here, you'd have sure told them today. He just wasn't going to get it. Well, I want to tell you today, I think there's something for all of us. I know as I was preparing and, and struggling with this sermon, there were a lot of messages for me. So I believe there'll be a message for each of us. We're going to look at what I would consider the definition of dysfunction, and it's the early fathers. Now, we can give them credit for it being an ancient time and difficult time, But I want you to know if you go back to Abraham and him claiming Sarah as his sister and then you get to to Isaac and you you get to Esau and Jacob and then you get to, to Rachel and Leah and it, these folks are messed up. That's all I can tell you. They're messed up. They make one mistake right after another and yet, and yet God uses them. That's good news, isn't it? Because you and I, we mess up. But I want us to know today we're still useful in the hands of God. And this is one of those stories where uh, over a a few verses or a few chapters later, the, the writer in Genesis just tells us, he just says plainly, Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph more than all the others. I hope you don't ever do that to your children. I hope you don't call one and say you're my favorite and I love you more than all the rest. It was messed up. You understand it's messed up? And Joseph, bless his heart. Someone told me a long time ago, God gives us one mouth and two ears. We ought to be listening twice as much as we talk. Okay? And I think when you hear this story, you might say, Joseph, you should have leaned more on your ears than on your mouth because you can see how this story, although true, and how we'll talk next week about how God will use even this story and his overcoming and his provision and his power and his grace and his mercy to fulfill the promise he made all the way back to Abraham. But today we'll, we might wonder if Joseph might ought to have been quiet. The dreamer, he's called. We're going to begin to read in the 37th chapter, right in the middle of the story. We know that Joseph, is, as Taylor shared with you a moment ago, has been given, the, and the only one, the only one. No birthday, just because he loved him more. He gives him this coat and confounded if Joseph didn't wear it right in front of his other 11 brothers. Bad decision, Okay bad decision we're going to begin to read in verse five if you're able let me invite you to stand as a way of honoring the reading of this portion of god's holy word i'm going to begin read five and we're going to read through verse 11 now joseph had a dream and he was a dreamer god gave him that gift of dreaming and when he told it to his brothers they hated him even more And he said to them, hear this dream. And I'm saying, be quiet, Joseph, be quiet. That I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. They were picking up hay, if you will. And behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to mine. I just hear somebody saying, really? Really? His brother said to him, are you indeed To reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. Then he dreamed another dream, and he told it to his brothers. And he said, Behold, I've dreamed another dream. And I'm sure they said, Oh, goody, that's wonderful. Behold, the sun, the moon, the 11 stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his fathers rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother, the sun and the moon, and your brothers, the eleven stars, indeed come and bow ourselves to the ground before you? Look at verse 11. And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. May God add his blessing to the reading in the hearing of this holy portion of his holy word would you pray with me god we are grateful to be here in this place and to hear a word from you may we hear a word that comes from your heart to our heart for each of us today need to make some adjustments some of them might be minor some of them might be major but each one of us would be a better follower of you O god Should we attune to what you say? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Jealousy. It's hostility toward a rival or one who's believed to have an advantage. It's the intolerant or rivalry of or unfaithfulness. It's disposed to suspected rivalry. It's a vigilant guarding of a possession. Jealousy. A man was working in an office with several attractive ladies, and his wife was, you heard about that green-eyed jealousy kind of stuff? And she'd always have a list of questions for him when he came day. And then she'd examine his coat. And if she found a blonde hair, she would accuse him. You're having an affair with a blonde woman. If he found a red hair, a red woman. A black hair, a black wo- haired woman. A brown hair, a brown haired woman. Whatever it was. Finally he thought, well I know what I'll do. I'll get a lint brush. I'll put it in the car. And right when I get to the office, before I come in, I'll just clean this bad boy up. So he come in and his wife did her normal questioning and began to examine the code and finding nothing. He expected a smile, but instead she began to bawl. What's wrong, honey? She said, don't touch me. Now you're having an affair with a bald-headed woman. <laughs> you see, facts don't really change jealousy. It's a condition of the heart. It doesn't really matter. If you have jealousy, I can't talk you out of it. If you have a jealous spirit, I can't change that. God can. But but I can't. We all understand that relationships, they're challenging, aren't they? And it seems that the ones that we love the most, those are the ones that we sometimes treat the worst. Why is that? In fact, there's a term we all know. I I remember when I first heard it, I thought, well, I can't use that in a sermon. Nobody will know what it means. But boy, do we know it now, dysfunction. Everybody know that word, what a dysfunctional family is? Some of us are saying I are one, right? Yeah, we know what that word is. We understand that. We understand that, that in America, the dysfunctional family has become the majority family. That's just true. That's just true brokenness, disappointment, heartache, breaking up of families, rearranging families, doing families differently, trying to do families while not doing family at all. And so we look at the patriarchs and and the early fathers, the stories of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and Joseph, and we find that there's been dysfunction for a long time. I want us for just a very few moments to look at the cause of jealousy. You know jealousy is one of the Ten Commandments, right? You know which one it is? Thou shalt not. What? Don't be afraid. You can talk to me. We're friends. Covet. I know we don't talk, do we? That's okay. Covet. Don't covet. What's that? Jealousy, right? To be jealous. Jealous. What's the causes? The Bible tells us what the causes are in the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis. Starts off letting us know what the problem is. You remember the story? One of the causes of jealousy is told to us wonderfully in Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. In that story, you remember that these are the two firstborn sons of Adam and Eve, right? We're right, we're, We're like at the beginning. Okay? We're at the very start. And it says that both the boys bring an offering. You remember that story? It's in Genesis chapter 4. You want to spend a wonderful afternoon? Go read all the dysfunction between Genesis 1 and Genesis... Well, you just go all the way to the end if you want to, okay? They both bring an offering. Cain seems to be a, a, a row farmer, okay? He's He's got crops that he grows. Abel is a herdsman. He has livestock. It says very suddenly, you might miss it when you first read it. There's a little explanation. I'm going to read God's explanation to Cain. It's in Genesis 4, 5 through 9. But in the story, it simply says that they both brought an offering, and Abel's offering was of his firstborn, and that's significant. It was his best. He brought his best offering. He was coming to worship God, and he brought his best. You didn't hear that. Listen to that one more time. He was coming to worship God, and he brought his best. And it says God received that offering. And Cain came to worship too. but he didn't bring his best. He looked in the potato bin, and there were some, you know, a little soft. Don't you hate a soft tomato? I remember when I worked at the grocery store and I had to clean out the potato bin after we had rotten potatoes. Oh my goodness, I'm sure there are gonna be rotten potatoes in hell. I just promise you, there will be. There will be a whole ton of them somewhere. He didn't bring his best. He He brought something he thought he could get by. Do we ever think we can get by with God? Do we ever think that we can just have a casual relationship with God, a uh, 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 when it's convenient kind of relationship? And it says that God received Abel's offering, he accepted it, and he rejected Cain's. Wrong worship leads to jealousy. Wrong worship leads to jealousy there's no indication there's any conversation between Cain and Abel about the offering God says these words but Cain and his offering God had no regard so Cain was very angry and he fell on his face and the Lord said to Cain why are you angry and why is your face falling if you do well we're talking about worship we're talking about worship do you hear me they brought an offering we're talking about worship everybody with me I'm not making this up. That's what we're talking about. Worship. And God says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And what's the answer? Of course you will. Abel brought his best and it was accepted. Abel did what was right. Don't be mad. Abel did the right thing. You've chosen to do something different. And goes, God goes on to say, the Lord goes on to say, and if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It des- its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Boy, I could just stop right here and preach for a while. You understand what I'm saying? Wrong worship can lead us to jealousy. Wrong worship can can lead us to a place. And the story goes on and we know that Cain in his anger, even though he's heard from God, he goes out and he finds his brother who he's jealous because his offering was accepted because his worship was right and his was wrong. And to make him feel better about his wrong worship, he killed his brother. Boy, can that happen somehow in our world? Can our desire to be in this world, can we kill what God is saying in the lives of our children, in the lives of our neighbors, in the lives of our friends? Can we compromise? I want to tell you wrong worship will lead you to jealousy. If worship is not flowing from the love of God, it will lead us to a jealousy about our time, about our money, and about our talents. You see, jealousy is why we often do less for God. We're jealous about what we have, although he's given it all to us. We're jealous about it. It's ours. We worked hard for it. We earned it. We deserve it. It's our time. We ought to be able to spend our time the way we want to. We deserve it. And yet we come and we read this book that we believe, we claim, we say, Baptists are the people of the book. We say it is the word of God. It is God breathed. It is God inspired. It is God's holy word. We just don't have to follow it. We just don't have to do what it says. We do some of what it says. And we pick and choose. I like this part. You know, our choir, they love that. Sing praises unto the Lord. Amen. They love that part. They sing. I love to go out and proclaim the word. I love to preach. We choose what we want to do. But then there are those things that kind of get, hmm. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I don't particularly care for that passage. (laughs) That kind of gets in the way of my schedule. And especially my leisure time. You see, I want us to understand that how we flow with God, how we love God. I'm going to tell you in the final thing, I'm going to give Jesus, Jesus is going to give us two words that are going to conquer jealousy. Now, you don't believe that right now, but I'm telling you it will. I'm going to give you two words that Jesus says that will conquer jealousy in our lives. Are you ready for it? You got to wait. You got to wait. It's at the end of the sermon, okay? Some of you are saying, well, we could just end it right now, preacher, but no, we're going to go on, okay? Correct worship, our love for God, will guard us from jealousy. Secondly, dishonesty. Favorites can cause jealousy. Now, Isaac uh, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. <laughs> Two boys, you know? Really? <laughs> I mean, the Bible just says, I've already told you, Israel loved Joseph. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm not telling you, don't go to where your child says, I love you best. And they say, I love you best. And you say, I love you best. You, say, you, best. you go ahead and do that but not in front of the other three or two or one, okay? Make sure you play that same game with everybody. The problem in our text is, is we find out what happens when dishonesty is our family tradition. I might be about ready to stop preaching and going into meddling right now. But I want us to understand that what we do matters. And what we pass down to our children matters. And what we pass down to our children to some degree will be repackaged. And they'll pass it down to their children. And whatever they pass down will be repackaged and pass it down to their children. And we've got to be careful. When we come to Jacob and we find out he loved one of his wives more than the other. Well, we don't have to worry about that too much, I hope. Dishonesty with his father-in-law Laban led him to have to get out of town in a hurry and he decided maybe better to go back and try dealing with his brother Esau. They passed it down. I want us to understand that when we pass it down, it can have terrible, terrible repercussions. One of the great problems facing the children in 2019 is what's being passed to them. And I don't want us to be naive, church. I don't want us to be naive enough to think that you can let us have your children for an hour or two a week. Send your children to school and to this world the rest of the time and think that our influence will be greater than the world's influence. I don't want you to believe that. The ancient writers were right when they say in Deuteronomy that when you rise up, you need to be talking to your children. Amen. When you walk through the day, you need to be talking with your children, amen. When you lay down at night, you need to be talking with your children about the things of God. Because I want you to know, and if I put you on the hook, then so be it. It's the truth. You, moms and dads, granddads and grandmoms, you're more responsible for the spiritual condition of your children than the church. Now, I missed a good opportunity for an amen right there. But that's hard isn't it but that's true you're with them a whole lot more than we are you have more influence in them than we do you can tell them things to do we can say that y'all come to church and they can say "Nah, we're not coming y'all say okay well i told them they could go but you go tell them to clean up their room well i don't know about now but when my daddy told me to go clean up my room i went and cleaned up my room okay That may not be that way anymore. But I'm just saying you've got more influence. And our job as a church is to equip us for you to go home and be the family of God that's not dysfunctional spiritually. That can help your children grow to love and worship God appropriately. Dishonesty will mess it up and disobedience and then I'm going to get to that final word disobedience will mess it up I want to go all the way back now to Genesis chapter 3 in 1 and 2 we have the creation of the world in the last part of that we have the creation of man Adam and Eve they're placed in a garden you remember the story right you remember this, this magnificent understanding of God being our creator And the Genesis, the beginning of everything. And we talked about this just a couple weeks ago, but let's talk about it again. There's two trees in the garden, right? Two trees. Two trees. No, preacher, there's more than two trees in the garden. Well, I never saw it, but if you say so, I'll believe you. There probably are more than two trees, okay. But there are two specific trees that Scripture references. The tree of life, right? The tree of life. Anybody eats from that tree, lives forever. Revelation says that tree's up in heaven. We're going to see that tree again. And then there's this other tree. The tree of the knowledge of good and of evil. Now we think that's an apple tree, you know. I've always heard it was an apple tree. Well, I think we've gotten, we just talked about it as a tree. We don't know what kind of tree. It had fruit on it. We know that. And what did God say about that one tree? you remember what he said? Don't eat of that tree. Why? If you eat of that tree, what? You will surely what? Yeah. So what's the, the implication is that before that moment, before he of that tree, Adam and Eve, man, they could have gone a long time, maybe forever. But they made that decision. They made that choice. They were disobedient to God. God told them, don't eat of that one tree. I could spend a lot of time talking about all the freedom they had, all the things they could do. They had it made. We could say they had it made. Sometimes in our jealousy, we'll say they got it made. Well, Adam and Eve, they had, they were, my goodness. Here's what I want us to listen to. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, I want you to hear what the devil said, what the serpent said. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely. You'll sure you For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. There you go. Hot dog. Be like God. There, I'd like that on my resume. Gary McCullough. He's like God. Wouldn't that look good? I mean, where could I apply and not be hired, right? That sounds good to me. Don't we all want to be like God? Not in the way the devil was saying you see disobedience leads us to be jealous about god and i want to tell you i think one of the major sins in 2019 is we're jealous of god you and i we're jealous of god who does god think he is he can tell us what to do god should be happy we're here today eyes will be open and you'll be like God let me ask it a different way do we want to be the God of our own life do we want to be self made men and self made women do we want to be the captain of our own soul all these I'm just pulling right out of culture right you hear these you only go around once in life, grab for all the gusto you can. It's tempting. It's tempting. We think when we're young, when we get out of school, we can do what we want. Then when we get out of school, it do not work out like that, does it? And then we think, well, when we have children, it'll be different. And then we have children, and it's different, all right. (laughs) But not all like we were expecting it to be different. We think, well, when the children get out of the house, (laughs) it'll be good then. You see the carrot in front of the mule as we just kind of plunder through life in our own power. You know, I'm at that age where I'm going to think, well, when you retire, well, there you go. The truth is, it's when we die. It's dangerous to think to be like God. It leads us to more disobedience with God. It leads us to be more disobedient with all that we have and all that we do. And that brings me to those two words of Jesus. Jealousy. I would hope that each of us might in a very moment of spiritual honesty ask ourselves, am I jealous about God having control of my life that I still want to have control? I still remember that skit that that Sydney did right here. So, and I gotta tell it to you very quickly because some of you weren't here. You should have been here. It was only 10 years ago. You should have been here. And, and the youth were leading us in worship, and, and she had just prayed this prayer and invited Jesus to sit in her seat of control. And there Jesus was sitting, and she was standing beside him, and it was good. And then somebody called and said, "Hey, we we got some, we got some. I don't remember what it was. Something wrong. We're going to go do." And and Sydney was just perfect at doing i got to get her to come back and do that again for us. And she just sort of started nudging. Just She like wanted to share. She just wanted to have a little bit of the seat of control. And by the end of the skit, she had pushed Jesus out. And she was back in control. Maybe today the Holy Spirit is saying, You know you need to let me have control of your life. You know there's some things that could be different in your home and in your life. You know, you know, you know they could be different. And you say, yes, Lord, yes, I want them to be different. I want you to have control. Come and be the Lord of my life. I won't eat from the wrong tree anymore. I won't be disobedient. I won't be dishonest. My worship will be pure and right and good. But when you walk out that door before you get to the car and before you get to the house that serpent's going to crawl up he's going to say, surely you won't do that. You want to be like God. You want to be God. You want to run the show. Just don't shove Jesus out of the seat. He might fall on the floor. And we don't want to hurt Jesus. Just easy him out. The two words that Jesus gives us. Let me, let me give you the reference. Matthew 6, and Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37. Write them down. You can overcome jealousy in your life. I promise you it'll work. I don't think it'll work. I guarantee you it'll work. <laughs> Let me say it again. You didn't write. see anybody writing. Matthew 6, 33. You already got it memorized, right? Matthew 22, 37. And it goes to about 40. Matthew 6, is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has been talking about the birds that don't work, but they're taken care of by God. The lilies of the field are more beautiful than anything you can make with a sewing machine. And then he comes to the conclusion when we're thinking about the things of this world. And he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added Jealousy says, seek all these things first and add on the kingdom of God when you can, as you can, when it works out for you. But if you reverse that and seek first the kingdom of God in true worship, you'll overcome jealousy. Secondly, it's Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. Man comes to Jesus and says, teacher, what's the greatest command? You remember his answer. comes right out of Deuteronomy, by the way. Jesus just quotes scripture. He says, the first commandment is this, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and with all your soul. And the second commandment is likened to it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. No place for jealousy. No place for jealousy when we love God. No place for envy. No place for covetousness. No place for dishonesty. No place for disobedience. No place for wrong worship. When we love the Lord our God, when we enter into the sanctuary and say, Oh God, today I am so glad to be in your holy presence. I'm so glad today you have a word for me. And I'll be stronger by being in your presence. joseph will teach us next week how integrity will overcome the problem of jealousy the problem of brokenness the problem of dishonesty and disobedience and wrong worship blessed be the name of the lord would you pray with me heavenly father in this moment now I want to clear the deck because I want to alter I want to open your altar and I'm going to keep opening your altar, God and inviting God's people who love you with all their heart, mind and strength to come to the altar, to express it publicly, to claim what Paul told us, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And so Lord, I just want anybody who's here today, there's one here today who doesn't know you in the pardon and forgiveness of their sins, then, Lord, today could be a day of salvation. Oh, God, may it be so. And if there's one here today, Lord, who knows there's an area of our life that if we were to come and give it to you, whether we do that privately or publicly, Lord, but if we give it to you honestly and obediently, And with a right worshipful heart, oh God, you will receive it. And you'll not only receive it, but you'll bless it. And you'll not only bless it, but you'll multiply our favor in your presence. May your spirit fall fresh on us, oh God. And may we respond as your spirit speaks to our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Our closing hymn and the hymn of decision, our hymn of invitation, our hymn of opportunity is to sing, God, God, hey God, have your way. That's what you're going to be singing unto the Lord. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Oh, that is my prayer this morning that God would make us and mold us after his will. If you need to respond, we invite you to do so as we stand together and There will be opportunities this week for us to be God's people, to share his love, to share his grace. Uh, I know that, uh, and uh, I want to talk to Maureen. Are you going today to that conference, or was that yesterday and last night? On Finding your one, finding your one. That's a theme I saw several months as a program we're doing, whether we do the program or not. I love that idea of each of us finding one share the gospel with? Who's your one this week? Who will God lay on your heart that you need to pray for especially and maybe share a word, maybe cultivate a relationship in a different way? That's just a wonderful thought for me. That's our goal as we go out. When we worship well, we worship right, and we're committed to be honest and obedient, that's what we'll do this week as we go out. And now as we leave this place, may we do so in God's peace and in His power. And in his abiding presence that we might be his people in the midst of all his people. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your spirit that moved in our midst for decisions that were made for you. Heavenly Father, would you help us this week to indeed be your hands and feet as we go out to be your people. In Christ's name we pray. Oh, yeah.